It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. This weekend, I was experiencing some frustration over something in my business, and for a while, I was letting it get the best of me, and I was talking to a friend about it on Facebook yesterday, and he said, Brian, there was a point in time where you were praying about your business being in such a place where this type of challenge would even exist, and that stopped me cold. I realized he was right. In order to experience growth in our lives and in our businesses, we have to go through challenges that cause us to grow. We have to become the type of person who's capable of handling the challenges that come in our way. As a result, I experienced gratitude and realized that's just part of the journey that I've been asking for all along. So if you've had an experience with a challenge lately, I, I hope this helps. It has made a difference in my day. So with all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. My guest this week is Dave Farrell. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dave Farrow is a two-time Guinness record holder for Greatest Memory. He has been a featured guest expert on over 2,000 interviews in the media, including the Today Show, Live with Regis and Kelly, Steve Harvey, Discovery Channel, and many others. To earn the world record, Dave recalled the exact order of 59 decks of shuffled playing cards using the Farrow Memory Method. This method was originally invented to combat his dyslexia and ADHD and is now a unique memory system backed by a double-blind neuroscience study at McGill University. We will talk about this and so many more things on today's show. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe uh, to Success Profiles Radio anytime on iTunes, and a review would be terrific as well. So with all this in mind, here is my guest, Dave Farrow. Dave, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, man. You know, I, I see on my Facebook feed all the time when we get involved in discussions, and but it has been years since I've been on your show. Yeah, it's been three years. You were on in November 2014, so I'm happy to have you back because you've got new things going on since then, and we will certainly talk about some of that. For those that didn't hear the first interview three years ago, tell us a little bit about uh, your background, how you got started in all of this, and maybe some of the things you overcame along the way. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of people say I don't, I don't brag enough, uh, but I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Canadian originally, so I usually apologize in advance for that. Uh, but um, bump. <laughs> um, so I, I tend not to do so, but, but I mean, but I, you know, just, just to go for the broad strokes, yeah, I'm listed in the Guinness Book of Records twice, but that's the only part of the story. What you don't know is that I was actually diagnosed uh, at 14 years old uh, with uh, ADHD and dyslexia, and. 
I had a teacher that went up to me and said, essentially, don't expect much out of life. You know, you have these learning problems and you're not going to be able to succeed academically. And, you know, you'll probably have, um, uh, you know, try to get a factory job was his uh, was his answer. And, and I went home and my family was saying the same thing. And I was just uh, livid. Now, of course, what we know now is that a lot of people with ADHD and dyslexia are very, very successful people, millionaires and billionaires and whatnot. But uh, we didn't know that then, right? When I was 14 years old, I, I, I dare say that was a long time ago. So um, essentially, I had to believe in myself before anybody believed in me. And I decided to go uh, improve my memory uh, and learning skills in general. I just took it upon myself because I figured that the education system really wasn't geared to teach people how to learn. It sounds like an odd statement to say that, but it really turns out to be quite true. Um, and... Uh, I, I decided to learn how to learn, learn the art of learning. And what I discovered along the way, of course, as you know, is history. I, I developed what's now called the Farrow Method. Uh, it's been verified in a double-blind neuroscience study at McGill University to be three times more effective than traditional study skills. I've been measured at, uh, I, I, I kind of learn new skills the way some people, uh, you know, pick up stamps. Um, and uh, along the way, I have, uh, I've been very successful as a speaker and an author. I've run several businesses. I was a nanotech scientist for many years as well, and a lecturer on that, all uh, self-taught. I basically sped read and memorized uh, about 1,400 patents on nanotechnology uh, in, in, a, in a few months at the time, and that uh, gave me that expertise. And, and time and time again, I was just, you know, kind of always following my passion. But what I basically uh, want to tell people is that I took what everyone was telling me was my worst thing, which was learning, and I turned it into my personal best thing. And it turns out that I reached a, a world-class level where I'm learning, you know, where I'm, I'm, I teach all around the world how to maximize your brain power and how to learn better. Um, and that actually led to some of the other businesses that you know of. I, I run a PR firm here in Buffalo. Um, yes. I, uh, I, I have uh, real estate. I um, have an invention. I have a robotics uh, tech startup that I'm working on, uh, and, I'm, and I do consulting all the time on on marketing on PR on on memory on speaking uh, I coach people um, it's really a great life but it all started with just not believing what other people were trying to sell me and just making my own mind up that is so awesome and I that's a topic that comes up on the show over and over again is you have to minimize or eliminate the negative noise that other people are throwing at you if you believe in yourself strongly enough you can do uh, whatever you really want to, as long as it's within the skill set that you've been given. And that leads me to ask, does it require any special talent or skill set to learn how to have a great memory? Or is it uh, any special training required? You, you self-taught yourself. But for the rest of us, uh, what would your answer be for that? Well, you know, my, my teachers were, were Edmonides and Aristotle and uh, Dr. Bruno first. And I, if anybody knows of memory techniques, you know that these are some of the people who have invented memory techniques down through the ages. And I learned through books and developed new stuff and then eventually ended, invented my own uh, memory system uh, based around uh, memory modalities, which was our theory that we proved in, in neuroscience. Um, so, so being self-taught does not mean you don't have teachers. It just means that you're 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 directing the path. It's almost like you're um, you're on a quest to discover something yourself uh, for your own purposes, and it's incredibly gratifying 
but it's not uh, it's a totally different mindset than trying to get a good grade to impress a teacher or or an employer or something like that um but uh, but that being said uh i'm a big believer that you know you don't really need the skill set because you can acquire the skill set any desire that you have you can acquire uh but i will um i will amend my previous statement about that whole um you know you you, you can't believe the press so other people try to convince you it's absolutely true you have to block out the negativity but you also have to have the humility um, or lack of hubris at some point to separate the um, negativity from people who are really trying to help you. There are people who will say negative things who are actually trying to help you. But more often than not, there are people who are going to say negative things to try to stop you because you uh, doing something amazing scares the hell out of them. Right. You know? And you have to know the difference. Like I had, um, I had uh, people, I had family members bet money that I would not succeed at my Guinness record, like real money. Wow. I made, I'm, I made like fifty bucks because uh, <laughs> wow. they bet me, and I, and I won. But the, the thing is, they, they bet. But the thing is, I. I don't blame them. I don't think they're evil. I think they're short-sighted. And the world has to make sense to them. So they they thought they were saving me from from making a mistake, from doing something that would embarrass me and stuff, when they all realized they were holding me back. You know, right. uh, There's a great phrase I saw in a video today, just off the top of my head, that uh, I want to tell my son when he's older. Uh, and that is that um, I'll never, ever be disappointed if he aims high and fails, but I'll probably, in all honesty, be disappointed if he aims low and succeeds. You know? Mm, yeah. So, so it, it's, about, it's about like aiming at support people where they're aiming. But, I mean, you can accept constructive criticism. If you, if you like, make a flyer and it looks stupid or you make a logo and it looks, like, dated, like, from the 80s or something, tell somebody. You know, tell them, hey, I don't like that. But you're not criticizing them. You're not saying they can't do it. You're usually talking about the object or the yeah. device or the website or stuff. And that's really how you can tell the difference between people who are just negative in your life putting you down because they're talking about you. You can't do it. You're not smart enough. For this, you don't have the education, you don't have this, don't listen to that. Um, but when somebody talks about this, uh, this thing that you made, or this uh, report that you wrote, or this article that you read, something like that, then, uh, then uh, that's a real thing. So, why did you decide to try and set a Guinness World Record? Was it to prove you could do it? Was it to prove other people wrong? Was it because you thought it would advance your business? Um, actually, for me, it was really uh, to advance my business. Um, you know, it's it, right now we're doing like this, this, uh, this show that we're doing, we're talking about success and marketing cause I run a, a marketing company and a PR firm. Um, and I knew none of that would happen if I didn't do something that really got attention. And I'm really the type of person that I will, um, you know, I'll stay awake for five days to do something amazing just to keep myself from working uh, an average amount of effort for a month. You know what I mean? I like yeah. I like the big grand gestures. I don't know if that makes sense or mm -hmm. if it's a failing or a plus. But in this case, it 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 really was like I looked at this Guinness record. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I don't want to, um, you know, spend years and years and years trying to prove that I know what I already know. I have I have a method that does work. I have a system that does work, and I want to do some amazing grand gesture to do it and the guinness record was it for me um it, it was my it was my terry fox run it was my um, man on a mission type thing um and then that that cascaded to everything else it's amazing 
when you when you aim so high for something uh, that that's outside of your comfort zone, that it changes you w- when you get close to hitting it, when you do hit it, and then it changes the whole rest of your life. You, I can't go anywhere without being the the Guinness record holder for memory. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, absolutely. It, yeah. So so definitely aim high. Aim way too high. <laughs> yeah. That's that's wonderful. And we will definitely talk more about all of this when we come back from our break. I'm with Dave Farrow. He's a two-time Guinness World Record holder for memory, and he memorized 59 decks of cards. That is just mind-blowing and amazing to me. I Memorizing 59 cards in a row would be hard enough for most people. <laughs> so, I can uh, show you how to do it. Oh, wonderful. We'd love to talk about that. We'll talk about the benefits of uh, learning how to remember things better. And we'll talk about Dave's courses and how people use those. We'll talk about how he was a paid spokesman for Sony Corporation as a speed reader. That was uh, that's a very interesting story as well. And uh, we'll talk uh, about how you can remember people's names much more easily. That is really challenging for some people. But Dave's got this nailed down to a science. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. Please stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. 
And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Dave Farrow. He's a two-time Guinness World Record holder in memory. And so I want to ask about your big why. Why Why this? Why memory? I mean, we talked a little bit about this in the last segment, but I usually like to ask people what their big why is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you honestly, I, I, I have struggled with that from time to time. I'll be honest with you. Um, because I'm, I'm somebody who feels most comfortable when driven towards a goal. But, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, if you're, if you're a smart individual in today's society, you realize that, you know, perhaps on some level you could argue life is meaningless. You know, we, 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 we live, we grow up, we eat, we, we, you know, have fun. And then when, then we die, what's the point? You know, why, why try so hard? Why try to try to accomplish something? You know, why not just, I guess, enjoy the dance. And I think everybody has their reasons. What, what hit it for me was I felt like unless I did something really, really amazing, then I would always be put into a box and I just didn't want to be restricted. I really wanted to have the freedom to, uh, you know, to, to, to go, to go farther, to run my own business. I've always wanted to run my own business. So this was, you know, a marketing tool for that. And it was also something that I could, I could hang my hat on saying, see, I can accomplish that. Don't underestimate me for anything else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that was the big why it was really, I mean, it was, I don't know if it's negative or positive, but it was really to, to not be pigeonholed. Um, it, we, we do this so much where we treat people like human doings instead of human beings. You know, uh, you talk to somebody and uh, I, had, I had somebody who, who was uh, fixing my sink the other day. Uh, this, this is a few months back, but I've got a pretty good memory. So it feels like yesterday. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a plumber and he's also, um, he's also doing insurance. And you think, well, how could a plumber do insurance? Well, that's that's a judgment that we're putting on. This is a human being who right. has a brain and is capable of doing both of those things. So, so that's kind of what I mean. Is 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 I didn't want to be pigeonholed into one thing. I didn't want to be typecast, if you will, if you're an actor, you know. Right. And and going for something that was well out of that comfort zone was 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 my thing. I, I was actually known of as more of a jock uh, in in school in high school. Um, and I thought, you know, I've got I want. I want to be the smart guy in the room. I want to be the one who, who, who people ask advice of and things like that. I want to, I want to, you know, do something meaningful with my life. I knew I had to learn. And then, and then it became so obsessive. I got really good at learning. And then of course it became so obsessive. I got, I got one of the best at learning. So I really think that, like you say, the why is so important and very often our biggest why has to do with other people. Um, hopefully it's in a positive light, but usually it's, it's something like, you know, I, I want, I want people to see me differently. I want to, I don't want to be stuck in this spot. I don't want to be stuck in this either small town or, or my background or what have you. And if you find that one thing that you're willing to just do everything for, then uh, you'd be surprised what you're capable of. Absolutely. Aside from the obvious benefits of remembering things better, what, what are some other benefits to wanting to improve your memory? Oh yeah, no. I, I I teach this to students all the time, and we can talk about some of the techniques. But you know, the biggest one is to have a bit more control over your life. Um, right now, the way the entire system. This is how I end my talk when I speak to colleges, by the way, um, and some some companies when I when I speak about this. Uh, is you have to change your thinking about what education will be in the future um, mm-hmm. with technology as well as learning strategies. And mine's not the only one. There's others that have grown up uh, over time that just didn't exist a generation ago. It used to be that you had to have a certain aptitude. Let's say I'm good at math, and therefore I'm I'm capable of having these careers, you know, X, Y, and Z careers, and that's 
called streaming and people are kind of channeled into these little streams. Well, more and more now, you're finding more and more people. It's almost like a, a brand new modern renaissance where people are are having multiple disciplines and they're they're skilled at several different things. Uh, there's a person um, who who runs a security agency that has a that's a physics degree, for example. Like these things that used to be very common, and now they're kind of coming back. Um, so so what I mean is, uh, I'm 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 the memory guy, but having these skills allows me to learn any software program I need. Right. So I can become the design guy. I can become the robotics guy. You know, I can become the nanotech guy. It gives me the choice. And now I'm not limited by my talent. I'm only limited by my interest and drive, which is a mm. very different thing. If you ever had a time, let's say you want to learn a musical instrument and you just uh, it was just too laborious to learn the strategies. I could teach you how to memorize uh, uh, musical notes, song notes um, very, very quickly. You learn the basics of of um, of music theory and you'd be able to keep all these songs in your head relatively easy you learn maybe a, a song every few days for a month and you've got a whole library in your head inside yeah. of a month uh, and then of course you know practice with the musical instrument will make you better but my point is i've encountered so many people who gave up because they just could not learn the darn thing yeah. and when they learn the strategies it opens up a whole new world for them because they uh, they're not limited by what they're born with in terms of aptitude they can develop the aptitude yeah how about learning languages is that rooted in memorization techniques or is the strategy behind learning a language completely different Oh, hi, so this. Yes, it's very, very much uh, a strategy. The biggest thing is your vocabulary. Um, one, actually, one good good friend of mine, Barry Farber, who uh, said it best. He uh, he knew who knows um, twenty four different languages. I believe he's he's passed away now, but he's uh, a good friend of mine. We we did a language course together. Um, and uh, he said that, that the vocabulary of a language is like your soldiers. The more of them you have, the more you can, you can fight the good fight. You know, you, some people just have the vocabulary of like how to order food or just get by or ask directions or something. And then when you get more and more vocabulary, you can participate more. Um, using memory techniques, you can, you can absolutely learn, uh, learn a lot of vocabulary. Right, actually, I'll give you an example. Instead of talking around it, let's, let's jump right into it. Um, sure. So uh, I'll say uh, here's a fun one that I do in my talks is how to how to say hello in uh, several different languages, right? Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to say hello in, uh, I'll try a simple one like uh, like um, um, Mandarin Chinese. Um, if you want to say hello in Chinese, uh, the phrase is ni hao. So there's a bunch of intonations. Your voice kind of rises and falls, but you'll get those with practice. Let's just get the actual words, the ni part and the how part. It sounds very foreign to your ear, but what uh, Socrates and Aristotle discovered a long time ago is that any foreign sound has words that you are familiar with. To within it, it's called a schema. So when I hear the word ni hao, well, I hear the English word ni as in the thing in the middle of my leg, right. um, and the word how is in how to or how do I do that, right? Mm -hmm. yes. um, so in order to memorize that, I simply I was I was in a a, um, a Chinese class and I imagined tripping uh, and landing on my knee and going ow, my knee ow, and I never forgot ni hao after that point. Now it sounds silly. It sounds juvenile even in kindergarten but what it is is actually in actuality it's a little bit of a visual and an auditory cue that is interesting enough for my brain to be able to latch onto and connect those sounds to that 
situation, that word. So when I think of hello, it reminds me of ni hao. And I think of ni hao, it reminds me of hello. It's based on a principle of experiential memory. So essentially, if you experience something traumatic or, or, or amazing that happens, let's see, you, you witness a car accident or you're in the jungle and you see a tiger or something, all of these things trigger your survival mechanism. That's, that's what makes your memory uh, wake up and pay attention. So when I trigger this silly image of me tripping and landing on my knee and everything, it's, it's all contrived to help me remember those those phonetics. And then I can keep on going. Um, the way to say how are you is nihama. So um, I just add the word ma onto the end of it. So I imagine my mother picking me up and helping me across the room. And I'm like, oh, my knees, ow, ma. And she's, she says, oh, how are you? Oh, my knees, ow, ma. And then all of a sudden I have three words now. And then mm -hmm. Just by playing a little game of add-on, you can just add on an image and add on an image and add on an image, and you'll add on a word, add on a word, add on a word. And uh, this is a way you can go through thousands of words of vocabulary fairly quickly and enjoy the process. That is really cool. So this whole uh, strategy that you just outlined, is this part of your Faro method? Yeah, well, this actually is an older system. Uh, the the Farrow method essentially um, relates to how you would teach it. So the fact that uh, essentially the, what I was able to prove in the lab is that some people would, uh, you know, let's take that, uh, that image of me tripping and landing on my knee. Some people would imagine it happening to them. Some people would watch it happen. Uh, some people would interact with it uh, differently um, and make different associations and, and different people would um, it'll stick in the mind differently. So I was able to show that you have to customize the training. You really yeah. kind of got to go through the course to, to know really how it applies. But um, that basic technique that I told you uh, is called substitute words, and it actually dates back well over a thousand years. Uh, some people say as, as many as two or three thousand years uh, where we find words that we know inside what we don't know. Yeah. Was it difficult inventing a new technology for memory? I mean, was this based on gaps in other systems that you saw or is it based more on it, more recent uh, scientific study of the brain and how memory works? Um, it was actually based on my teaching. Um, I was teaching this for a long time and uh, I was very passionate about it, so I learned all these complex techniques. Uh, there's there's a lot of very complex codes you have to memorize, but I found when I was teaching it, it took forever to teach it. It was um, it was very complex, and a lot of people didn't have the the patience. Uh, in addition to that, I found that I would teach it my way, and some people wouldn't get it. I'd, I'd lose about a third of the audience, which, as a business person, that's terrible. You can't lose a third of people, no. um, you know. And and they'd be nice. They would just be like oh this isn't for me right but i wasn't really satisfied with that as it turns out that that third of the people they uh, their brains work slightly differently and i was teaching my way to do it and not their way um if another teacher were to come along maybe they would get it but some other group would not get it does that make yeah, sense it does make so sense I, yeah, so I'm a very highly visual person, so I'll come up with very action-oriented visual imagery, but other people are more uh, motivated by personal images or, or um, irony, uh, things like that. Personification is another one, um, and, uh, and, and those ones are, other people would be motivated by those. So that um, led me to categorize all this, and I actually created a syllabus to test people, and that's what we put people through when they start the Farrah method, so that they can... Uh, you know, they can learn the methods the right way.
Okay, wonderful. We are coming up against our next break. I'm with Dave Farrow, who is a two-time Guinness record holder in memory. He memorized 59 decks of cards correctly. That is mind-blowing and awesome. In the next segment, I do want to ask him how we can remember other people's names more easily. I will also ask him if developing memory can help us learn how to spell better. Because sometimes spelling is just a real mm. challenge, but sometimes it's sometimes there's something going on that is easily correctable. And I also want to mm-hmm. ask him about his appearance on Superhuman on Fox. And mm-hmm. I would love to ask Dave about how in a relationship when one partner remembers everything, how does that play out and what can we do? <laughs> so we'll come right back after the break. And this is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be right back. to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Dave Farrow, world-class memory expert. So here's a question that I'm sure everyone has a challenge with at some point or another. How do you remember people's names so easily? What are some tips that we can use to do that, especially in networking situations? Sure. Um, so the the thing about names is that they uh, are not uh, visual, uh, and they also um, they also have a number of uh, uh, factors that make them harder to remember. So, uh, I'll give you an example: if my name was Chair, you'd have no difficulty remembering it. And and if people named themselves after objects or something, you know, then mm-hmm. uh, we would have no trouble remembering people's names. But my name is Dave. Your name is Brian. So. Um, those things don't immediately conjure up images of an object, so they're actually much ho- harder for our brain to hold on to. The second thing is, even if my name was Chair and you had no difficulty remembering the name, there's nothing about my face that screams Chair. You know right. what I mean? If if all of a 
us, you know, were named the way we look, we'd have no trouble with names. You know, he's a uh, bushy hair. He's one eyebrow, you know, that sort of thing. Right. 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 <laughs> so, so what we have to do is we have to use memory tricks to bridge the gap. Um, and the gap would basically be those two things. So number one, uh, just like I did with languages, I want to take the name and turn it into something that I can, uh, I can picture in my mind's eye, or I can turn it into say a costume. So Dave becomes wave, uh, Brian, actually, I use brain because I mm -hmm. guess I'm a little dyslexic. It works for me. You yep. know, um, someone like Mike, I'll use a microphone. Sam, I use a surface to air missile. Um, um, I, mm. I can keep on going. Uh, you know, um, uh, Mary is Mary had a little lamb. Uh, yeah. Like so there's a whole bunch of common names. Now, now you think when you get into more complex names, it becomes difficult, but you know what? It's not that difficult. Uh, um, I, I just uh, met somebody recently named Sharifa and I hear a sheriff in my oh. mind's eye. Um, I, I, somebody like uh, Rajiv. Well, I, I think of, of, of Ra is the first syllable and that's just like the God Ra from ancient Egypt. Uh, yeah. And Jeev sounds like Jeep. And that's just yeah. enough to remind my mind. So yeah. the interesting thing is we only need a hint to remember the name, and then you connect it to their face. So for me, Dave, the wave, imagine a wave of water knocking me over and I fall over. Yeah. Or better yet, my last name, Pharaoh, imagine yes. me dressed up like an Egyptian Pharaoh. You'll yeah. never forget that. No, in fact, that was part of your branding for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, we, we only recently changed it because we're going more corporate and the pharaoh uh, symbol of uh, the Egyptian thing seemed a little cheesy. So we actually uh, changed our logo over to, it's kind of like a geometric design, but it's a, a letter F with an arrow coming out of the F and it's a very simplistic design, but it actually is how we spell it. It's the letter F with an arrow after it. So mm -hmm. it's actually a good mnemonic still. Absolutely. Now, I used to teach in a college environment and I taught English composition. I had a student who wanted to test out of English and she wanted to write a paper for me to demonstrate that she knew what she was doing. But a lot of the words were spelled wrong. Only later did I figure out it's because she was dyslexic. It wasn't that she was dumb. It wasn't that mm -hmm. she couldn't spell, but she was dyslexic. And you have that mm -hmm. background. So can developing memory help us learn how to spell better? Yes, I will say two things. Number one, absolutely it can. I can tell you also, though, that somebody who's dyslexic, who, you know, eventually came around and, and now I'm a speed reader and everything and I, I my dyslexia really, uh, I can't use it as an excuse. It doesn't hold me back anymore. Um, but on the flip side, I spent so much time dyslexic that I never really uh, learned a lot of the grammar rules. I only learned them as, a, as an older adult, and I can tell you that it was a very humbling experience because I feel like I had to go back to grade school. But you can absolutely uh, acquire this um, and, uh, and, and make it right. In today's day and age, it's not as coveted because of spell check, but essentially I'll give you one simple trick that you can do for it. Uh, most people who have difficulty spelling, it's because they can't visualize the word in their mind's eye um, a lot of times kids with ADD have difficulty. So a really good trick actually is to make it more physical. Um, get the child, if, if you have a son or daughter who's doing this, get them to imagine themselves climbing over the word, you know, like you're, you're jumping over the O and, 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 and going through the U and climbing up to the top of the T. That's, that sort of thing, you know? Oh. 
Um, so, so making it very physical can be very good. Another trick also is to find the one letter that you're misspelling because most misspellings are actually just one letter that you're missing and you, uh, so let's say, you know, I'm, I'm having, um, I'm, I'm having a word and I'm missing the letter I, I would think of an igloo and I would add that to the word. You know, um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but let's say, I don't know, let's say you had a friend of yours named Christine and, and, and she, uh, you know, she wanted to be with an I, uh, and you know, you just imagine Christine inside an igloo and that'll remind me always to use an I when I spell that name, that it's that sort of thing where you just make a little, little image, a little trick in your head to do that. And, and what it does is it makes you more conscious of learning. You, you, you physically decide, okay, I have to learn that now. And I'm going to do this little trick in my head to learn it. And it gives you the ability to take control instead of it being just, um, uh, random, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Let's, let's move on to, to some of your media appearances. You were on superhuman on Fox this summer. How did that come to you? How'd they find you? Oh my God. It's amazing. Yeah, no, th- th- this has been a, a, gr- a great, great experience all, all over time. Um, well, uh, actually people can actually check out, uh, pushbuttonmemory.com to find out more about some of these techniques because I know we're glancing over at them a lot um, mm-hmm. but I, I wanted to make that website because it's as easy as pushing a button if, if you can remember that uh, so that's why I called it pushbuttonmemory.com um, I've had some amazing, uh, amazing life experiences. I got really good at doing at doing PR. Um, I've been on like Dr. Oz twice. I've been on the Today Show. I've been on uh, Steve Harvey, uh, Regis and Kelly. I mean, the list uh, is endless. But Superhuman was an amazing experience because it was more like a competition. Um, I'm I'm limited via contracts. I can't talk about what happened behind the scenes, but I can tell you that it was just it was incredibly stressful. But it was also one of those experiences that that just opens your eyes to the possibility. Uh, it was it was done much more like a reality show than I ever thought, uh, and and the pressure was immense. I had only one chance to do this demonstration, and I had to had to had to had to get it right. And if if you fail during that demonstration, you don't get a second chance. And here, you know, you're going all the way to Hollywood in a studio, you got makeup, wardrobe, all these different things. There's a lot of pressure built up for that one chance, and it is not fake. It was very very real. Everybody who who is on there really does all those things and i was i was humbled I, i'm still actually friends with a lot of the people who were on the show i i did thankfully win the episode i i won the fifty thousand dollar prize um but nice. uh, all those other guys are very talented they deserve uh, they deserve all the credit as well absolutely and if anybody missed that episode you can find that on youtube i i missed the air date and so i watched that clip i watched dates clip on youtube it's there and it's mind-blowing yeah. it was just amazing so i actually great. see actually they have the they have the fox app you can go on the fox app and check it out too and you can see oh, the yeah. entire thing there you yeah. go yeah you can watch um, the on whole YouTube, hour it just shows or whatever it was clips. yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, you have to look it, up individual clips on youtube oh yeah, yeah the, the the build-up was immense it was incredible how they how they did that it was crazy it was uh, when i was watching it later on I knew who was going to win me and I was still nervous. Like I was yeah. looking at it, like the buildup was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Great. So let's flip this on its side for a second. Let's play devil's advocate. Let's just say you're in a relationship, for example, how does Uh-oh. it add extra layers of stress when one partner remembers literally everything? Well, I can tell you that that I'm I'm not too good a person to not use that in an argument. I will I will say there are times where I remember something and I say, Hey, you know, there's, there's this book in England that seems to, 
seems to think I have a pretty good memory, so maybe I did remember and you forgot it. But I will say, <laughs> though, that um, my wife is a really good sport about it, and she, she remembers me many times, um, uh, you know, because I'm not perfect. I, I've, um, the big thing about my method is, is to learn fast, uh, but it doesn't make you, you know, perfect, and nobody's perfect, uh, and I want to make that absolutely clear. But I will tell you this, that um, it, when you take control of your memory, you become more conscientious. You're not walking around like a zombie anymore. We get into patterns all the time. So I will say that, yes, it is a huge advantage to be able to remember things. But the really cool thing is I can be in this situation. I can, I can be in the middle of a disagreement or something or an argument, but I can remember the last argument and I can not repeat the same mistakes, you know, and I can mm-hmm. learn from my mistakes and I have a bit more of a breadth of time. And I can tell you that having that sharper memory in general is a huge advantage in in every every area of life uh, but my my wife has said sometimes that she feels like she's the guy in the relationship where she forgets something and and i remember it too so there's that i will tell you this i'm gonna go on youtube though if you're gonna go on youtube i have um a, a ted talk that i gave um and I, I wish i would have renamed it because i named it now i'm a i'm a world champion memory record record holder but I'm going to convince you there's a there's a benefit to forgetting. I should have just said benefit to forgetting. It would have been much better on the on the YouTube algorithms. But basically, I was able to show that uh, the reason we forget as a species is to bring us closer together. I showed with the whole audience that I can improve their memory. I've done this thousands of times. And then I asked them, so if you have this great memory, why the heck do we forget? Why on earth... If we're physically, let's just say we're physically capable of remembering a lot more, right? Because there's some people with anomalies that have amazing memories. That means a sharp memory was at some point um, um, naturally selected out of out of the uh, out of the species that we actually uh, evolved to have a poorer memory. Think about that. Yeah. And wow. the reason why that exists is because if I know everything, then I don't need you. Think about yeah. that. So when you have a group of people, they tend to share memories together. When you have couples, they tend to share uh, memories together, and they, they, have, they do better on memory tests together. So if you are with somebody who remembers things really well, I bet you there's something that you remember that they don't. There's a blank that you fill in that they don't have because they're relying on you. And when people become more interdependent that way, uh, you actually end up sharing memories. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. It means that our brains are actually connected to each other on, on a deeper level than we ever thought. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about memory tournaments. I mean, there are there you you talk you post about memory tournaments a lot, and this is a way that someone can actively exercise their brain. And and how, how what is a memory tournament? What exactly is that? Yeah. So um, I actually suggest everybody goes on to memorytournament.com, and we have uh, tools and supplies that any uh, teacher, club, uh, interested individual can run their own memory club and memory competition. Essentially, you learn the basic memory techniques, and then people compete against each other for prizes. Uh, we have our uh, Las Vegas memory tournament coming up actually in December, December 14th. Uh, and you can find that out more about that on memorytournament.com. And we also have our U.S. memory tournament, the official uh, memory competition for America, uh, happening at the head office of eBay in February. Uh, and we do this every year. So um, it's, it's a wonderful experience, and it really sharpens the mind. If you want to try, like I did, to, to try something different and to really push the envelope and, and push yourself out of your comfort zone, a memory competition is a, it's, it's amazing. Two people try to memorize something, then you go back and forth trying to recall, and you see who makes the first mistake. It gets tense, it gets exciting, but let me tell you, you get smart. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's wonderful. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this show is going. I, sometimes wow. I wish my show was two hours long because I have enough questions for that easily. <laughs> but uh, we'll come back for our final segment and down the stretch we come. Uh, we will come right back shortly. And my very special guest this week is Dave Farrow. He's a two-time Guinness World Record holder for memory. And uh, while I'm thinking about it real quick, what is, what is your website where we can find you? Um, you know, you can just go to DaveFarrow.com, Google Dave Farrow, or I'd suggest uh, MemoryTournament.com or Push Button Memory for the products. Man, I got too many, too many websites going on. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll come right back. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. With quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. It's words you never heard. Oh, Nairo critics, or the people who study dreams, tell us that the kind of television you watched as a child can affect your dreams today. For instance, if you had a black and white TV, you might be prone to colorless dreams. I'm pretty sure I dream in color, but my friends say it's a pigment of my imagination. It has been suggested the type of cheese you eat can also impact your dreams. This might be a bit hard to digest, but a study conducted by the British Cheese Board discovered that people who ate cheddar cheese dreamt more about celebrities, while folks who ate blue cheese experienced more bizarre dreams. A bad dream could give you matutulopia, or the bad mood you experience when you get up on the wrong side of the bed. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is our final segment. This is Success Profiles Radio. My oh, special no! Guest what? Is that final segment? Oh, man, it it's like time flies so much. It does fly. It does fly. I wish we had two hours, <laughs> but we don't. So let's talk about PR. You've got your own PR firm, Ferro PR. Um, mm. Let me just ask, um, when, when someone is seeking media, what is the best advice you can give to someone who's looking for media? Well, you know, number one, we look for people who are monetizing their media. So um, now there's a lot of different ways to monetize media. Um, 
one of the poorest is actually what I did really well, but I know I'm unique, uh, is, is I would do a radio show, let's say, and then I would drive traffic from that show to my website and get sales. It's a direct response model, and not every topic can do it. A lot of health uh, topics can do it, weight loss, things like that. Memory can do it. But most of the other people, what you want to do is you want to use media as a lever to do other things. So let's say I get your book, uh, I get your book on a bunch of, of, of shows, uh, radio shows, TV shows, that sort of thing. I, I, I know you got a book coming out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, if I get your book on a bunch of shows, then you can go to, uh, let's say, Costco, as, as one of our clients did, and negotiate to get your book in those stores. And the way you negotiate is say, hey, all of these people are talking about me. I was just on NPR like two weeks ago. You should have me in your stores. So by getting press, you can negotiate a better deal. That's actually how I got the gig with Sony. I was able to get a lot of press, and therefore they wanted me to be their spokesperson for that for that uh, campaign. Um, and that's really how it is, how it's done. That's what the, that's what the s- smart people use PR for. It's not all the leads you get that day. You will get a couple of leads here and there. You will get a few. You know, speaking gigs is very common. But I just don't want people to expect a ton of it. If you're looking to monetize, you have to find a way to turn your PR into the credibility and the you know kind of that lead funnel that that gives you more uh, more response yeah you were also on Regis and Kelly how did that change things for you well I got to tell you I mean Kelly Ripa showed me uh, how a person who is a celebrity should act my god that that lady is class all the way I was I'll be honest I was actually cynical about celebrities until I met her and she she spent time with me she didn't have to I'm not a celebrity and and she spent time with me we hung out took pictures we talked about uh, our nieces and nephews and things like that and just it was just an amazing experience so uh, she was a class act all the way I'll tell you that and and Reed also as well he was he was wonderful he was just my experience with him was pretty short after the show he he went on and did other things Um, but uh, but I'll also say though that that you know being on that show um, and ones like it, it gave me the ultimate credibility. Now, uh, I mean, for those of you guys who are interested in in the business side of things, uh, I'm a, I'm a twenty thousand uh, dollar keynote speaker. I, I get that fee fairly regularly, speaking to sales groups, and I don't even market all that much. And the reason is because of all the press I've gotten. So when you get high profile press, uh, then it makes a difference. Um, I have my products out there. I have, um, you know, all this experience and now people ask me advice on how to, how to get PR. So I, I, I basically just, you know, kind of followed kind of that destiny, uh, if you will, where I, I was just trying to make a buck, just trying to get successful myself. And I learned a few things, figured out a few things, kind of like with memory. And then I was able to say, okay, now in this next phase of life, maybe I can help other people. And I shared that knowledge uh, and uh, made it into a second business. And I've got, you know, eight employees and our, our revenues are growing and, and everything. And um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very proud of that. Uh, that experience really kind of catapulted it. Uh, the experience on Regis and Kelly and also the Sony gig got me my U.S. Uh, immigration. I'm from Canada originally, right? Yes. Um, yes. So uh, I got my U.S. immigration and now I'm a dual citizen. So um, I guess every time I'm drunk, I know my rights. Yeah, I'm American. <laughs> You know, every time okay. I drink, I don't know. Um, that, that's the old joke is that I'm all nice and polite when I'm sober. But if you get me drinking, then I'm American and I know my rights. Um, it's a terrible joke. I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but so. So, yeah. So um, that led to this PR business. And I'll actually uh, tell your listeners something. If anybody runs a business or if you have something that you're promoting, um, 
when I was first starting out, there were a lot of people who gave me their time for free, some very successful people that I was able to pick their brain and learn from. And that's, that's what an autodidact loves to do is to learn from people who have actually done it, not just from a book. So to this day, I actually offer a 30-minute uh, consultation, a strategy session with uh, anybody who uh, is a a qualified person who's, who's planning on promoting something and I'll basically put myself in their shoes and, and tell them what I would do to, uh, to promote and market. That's fantastic. I love that. Something else I do want to uh, touch on. You went on a one hour radio show one time and you were promoting a oh, memory yeah. course. You sold $170,000 worth of your stuff on one interview. How, how does that happen? Mind blowing. Yeah, this is, this is the thing where like a lot of people think, well, he's a memory guy, but then he got into PR. Why did he get into PR? Well, it's because um, like worldwide, my sales for the memory programs have been 10 million. Um, wow. And that's after several, that's after a couple of infomercials and stuff. Now, a lot of that was was I got a royalty on that. A lot of that had to go back into marketing, but, um, but it's still a, a, a quite an achievement. And I've been on over 2,000 interviews, so I just got really, really good at doing the interview, doing the art of the interview. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was on uh, live with, uh, I was on uh, um, uh, Jeff and Jaren San Diego actually back in the day, uh, and I did over $170,000 in, uh, in sales uh, in that one interview, and it totally blew my business up. Like I was in a bachelor apartment at the time, and I was like, and I realized that I was really onto something at that point uh, when, you know, the, the UPS guy comes along and I've got like 360 packages to get out. Uh, it was just insane. Um, but since then, I'm actually, I've broken my records. I've sold a, a quarter million dollars in one, in one television show. Um, wow. And like I said, I've been on things like Dr. Oz. And if people are interested in what the sales were, uh, it was in the tune of around uh about thirty to fifty thousand. I was on there twice um, per uh, per appearance. Um, so the the way you get something like this, I'm sure people are interested in how you do it. The yes. way you get something like this is uh, the best way I can say it is you want to know what the hot buttons are uh, of your customer. So if somebody wants to purchase your program uh, or wants to purchase your product, uh, don't convince anybody. Okay, what you want to do is find people who are already convinced that they need something. So when it comes to memory. I shouldn't waste my time trying to convince you that it's important to have a good memory, right? What I want to do is talk to the people who have already been worried about their memory for the past five years, who, who just forgot someone's name yesterday and they're embarrassed and stuff. And, and I want to speak to them. And, and that is the biggest shift. I see a lot of people trying to sell to people who, I mean, it's good intentions, but you're trying to convince people. And they think sales is about convincing it. And I, I really don't think so. I think sales is about finding people. It's about being a detective and finding people with a need. And all you have to do at that point then is just to convince them that you're the solution to that need. You know, I, I just have to talk to people. So I talk to people where their hurt is, you know. Like, yeah. for example, we've helped a lot of students. So parents who, who have kids who are doing pretty well, um, but then their, their grades are slipping. So maybe they were at B's and now they, they got a couple of C's and they're afraid that it's a downward slope. We can stop that, you know? So you, you see in that phrase what I'm doing, I'm not convincing you that grades are important. I'm not convincing you that students are important. We all know this, but I'm trying to talk to the people who, hey, you have this specific problem. Let me try to help you. And it's actually a much more empathetic way to sell something you're trying to mm -hmm. find people and help them rather than push people and convince them and i think that's got to be the reason you know the key to my success and it's what i do with all of our clients today when we do strategy sessions here um you know i i try 
to find out, you know, who is dying for your product that you don't even know, who has been has been needing this all this time, and then to speak to them, find out what their biggest worries are, what their biggest stresses are, um, and and speak to that, you know. Yeah, and that's absolutely. what that's what makes all the difference. Awesome. Okay, we're getting close to the end of the show. A few rapid fire questions. If you were starting okay. with today, knowing what you know right now, what would you do differently? Uh, well, I, I would I would uh, get into PR faster. Um, and I would also get online faster. Awesome. What's yeah. the scariest thing you've ever done? Um, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> really? That's an interesting answer. So yeah. I, I, I always try to do things uh, that, that, that scare the heck out of me and, and try to go farther and farther and farther. Probably the scariest thing I ever did was getting married. <laughs> My wife okay. will hate that. But it's true, though. It, it's taking a leap and having 100% faith in somebody else. And uh, at the time, it was, a, it was a scary, scary thing because uh, I had, I've had so many people in my life where that didn't work out. Um, and I'm, I'm happy and thankful to say that it's definitely, definitely, definitely worked out for me. So I highly recommend it. Awesome. Most, <laughs> most influential book you've ever read. Um, I would have to say it's either the book of five rings by Mayamuda Musachi, uh, or, um, the, uh, the science of getting rich. Oh, that's a good book. Waddle waddles. Yeah. Waddles, waddles. Yeah. Walls, yeah, walls, don't, right. don't, yeah, yeah. don't read don't read any books from this century go back they did it right, right back then all right exactly and, and, and the book the of five rings maya munu musachi read that 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 was absolutely fantastic book of five rings asian uh, asian wisdom um you know it, it's fantastic great and the question i ask everyone towards the end who inspires and motivates you <sighs> who inspires and motivates me um is it weird to say fictional characters no um I'm, I'm inspired. I'm really inspired by like superheroes and like, I kid you not, I, I want to be like Tony Stark or Reed uh -huh. Richards. I want to be a great scientist. And these are all fictional characters. When I was younger, I wanted to be Sherlock Holmes. I wanted to be a brilliant mind and everything. And that inspired me, you know, um, I know, I know they're not real, but yeah. who cares? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would put Bruce Wayne in that category. There you go. That was a big one for me. I wanted to be Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants to be Batman. I mean, you've never seen me and Batman in the same room, so I could be Batman. You never know. Awesome. You know, when, I was like, when I was younger, I wanted to be Batman. When I'm older, I just want to be Bruce Wayne. Let's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, okay. So who's your favorite Batman? Who's my favorite Batman? Actually, I like, I like Batfleck. Uh, he's, he's fantastic. Um, I would say Christian Bale is, is a, is a, is, is a on par or close second, but Batfleck, his, his style is the older style. It's flawed. It's vulnerable. Uh, I actually dig it. Um, I dig what they're, what they're doing now. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm in the minority. He wasn't actually, no, he was received quite well. It was the movies that they didn't like, but they did like his performance. Uh, it's just classic Batman the way it should be. He's not, the loudest person in the room he's not doing all these quips he's not the attention getter and i like it awesome and one more time how can we find you and try with you and vibe with you uh you know just google dave farrow but if you want to uh, check out the uh, programs you can go to pushbuttonmemory.com memory as easy as pushing a button um, or you can check out memorytournament.com and you can find me uh through all of those thank you so much dave for being here it was a privilege to have you back oh it's been a pleasure we'll have to do it again sooner Absolutely. We will come back next week on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I will interview another world-class success and learn what they achieved, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn from it. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us here at Success Profiles Radio. It's been an honor and a privilege to have you share part of your day with me. Take care, everyone. Goodbye.
you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how